What's up, JR? What? JR, it's Scotty Jr. Uh, wrong number, buddy. <laughs> that is pretty classic. <laughs> we just what got shut in down. The hell, what number did you give me? Let me see. Oh no, that that's that was like off a, by one number. That was a that uh that was uh, that phone that was number awesome. had that phone number had like eleven or twelve digits. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me try this again. I, I heard the voice and I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> that sounded what I thought he should sound like, just judging by his picture. I'm like, that's him. Does that look better? Yeah. <laughs> Get the other JR on. <laughs> yeah. Stunt double. Oh. Is this JR Mitch? This is. Scotty Jr., Radio Impound Podcast. What's up? What's going on? We got the right number this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I accidentally point. punched in the wrong number, and this dude's like, uh, you got the wrong number, man. Oh, jeez. Hey, JR, this is Kirby, and we got Jason Rona on the line as well. What's up, guys? How's going? going on, JR? It's going, you know, just getting home from work and uh, kind of work on some RC cars. Uh, well, we started out like this all the time, so why change now? Uh, JR, how did you, how'd you, how'd you get into RC? Uh, first car, what, how old were you? You know, like the yeah. usual, the usual bag of questions we give all our guests. Uh, well, my, uh, my grandmother actually got <clears throat> just like a car from like Walmart or something like that. And, uh, now I was in like T-ball and stuff like that. So I was small, little, you know, I was kind of bored at the same time and, uh, was able to drive that fairly well. And, uh, you know, it was something for me and my dad to, get to do together. So we went to a hobby shop and, uh, that was like 20 some odd years ago. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so you went so what was your so the first car obviously a walmart one then you went to a hobby shop what was the car you got after, at the yeah, hobby I shop think, i think i got like um like a monster beetle there's a i have a couple pictures Ooh. on facebook or you can see the the monster beetle is the first car and actually the first track i went to was lake park way back in the day oh, wow the monster beetle i remember that bad boy yeah i had one of those and a fox i had an optima mid uh, RC10, of course, Grasshopper. You know, you go through them all. It's a nice list. Did, right uh, when you raced the Monster Beetle, JR, did you have, like, all custom, like, all the Thorpe parts and stuff on it, or did you guys make some of your own stuff? Well, yeah, that's my, my dad. He's an engineer, so um, it started off cock, and, uh, you know, within a, you know, probably a couple months, it had different shock towers and we had like a truck, a Lexan truck body on it, you know, with like a wing and everything else, you know, trying to, trying to up the performance. Dang. Ah, uh, you're one of those guys. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was one of those guys. I think we all were at one point in time. Hmm. I never tricked out my hot shot too like that. I didn't have the hookup to do that. Yeah. It were, you know, you, you have, you only have a certain amount of money back in the day and. 
you know, and it works the same way now. You know, some people only have a certain amount to work with, and, you know, they feel what they do to to make things better, and they go mm-hmm. with it, you know? I would... Yeah, I would show up to the track and be like, oh, you know, oh, he has the hot shot too, so we should be pretty even. Then I look at it and it's got everything like you have, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I remember, I remember the Monster Beetle that I had. I was so mad because the drive shafts in the rear sucked so bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, the dog, bone, dog bones had hexes instead of like, you know, the regular dog bone has a pin with an outdrive or, um, you know, that truck came with, like, the dog bones were hex-shaped, so those things would, like, strip out super easy. Yeah. I remember getting I remember getting the uh, the adjustable motor mount so you could run, like, different pinions other than, like, an 18. You're like, ooh. <laughs> and you could throw the hot motor in it. Yeah, you can put the hot motor in it and gear it up with your Twister. wiper speed controller. The Twister Pocket Rocket. Yeah, for sure. Do you still have it, the Monster Beetle? I, I think my dad actually still has it. I kind of oh, like let it, let, it, let it with him. It was his kind of little toy thing. You know, back uh-huh. then I was just kind of like the, you know, I didn't do too much of that. I was the kid that went out and rode my bike and, you know, went to T-ball. And then my dad's like, all right, the car's ready. Let's go, you know, to Lake Park. <laughs> go, you know. Cool. Nice. So as he, as he moved into more um, competitive racing like what was so you said you had an RC10, but what? How far did you go until you, where you felt like where you're, really competitive, race wise? Um, well, probably I probably got to like maybe twelve or thirteen, and you know we started to do more traveling outside of the state, which is what, you know, we thought that would would make it better for us to uh, progress and get better. And uh, we went to Georgia a couple times, and, uh, you know, they have nationals and stuff at Georgia. Uh, I think actually probably went to Georgia and had, like, uh, like a Jarex T or, you know, for they had truck nationals back then just for truck. And uh, hmm. uh, did pretty good then. You know, I was still kind of a kid, so I wasn't really – I didn't really have the mindset right. You know, for, like, some kids now, like your Damon Berkowitz's and stuff like that, they have – the mindset they know what they need to do i was going to those races just going man if i go through this sweeper wide open that looks really cool <laughs> and <laughs> you know that wasn't really the fast thing back then but you know, it was it was a cool thing to do but it all worked out and uh i think i actually got picked up by novak at that race and mm. you know just kind of trickled after that yeah what's, what's interesting about getting picked up by novak is um, that was pretty difficult sponsor to get in those days. They didn't, um, you know, we had a segment on the show talking about sponsorships and stuff. And we don't have to go all down that, but it was difficult to get a Novak sponsorship. So that was definitely pretty unique that you're able to get that so early. Yeah, that was, uh, I think I was actually that before I was anything else. And, uh, um, you know, I think I, I was probably like the only one that had, like a Tekken or whatever I had back then, you know, in the, in the stock truck main and, you know, Tyree would come up and go, you know, that's not supposed to work. <laughs> and it did and got me where I needed to go. And, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he picked me up after that. 
Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a hard one to get. Jason's right. Yeah, that was a that was a tough acquisition. Yeah, yeah I, I sent them a resume with uh like you know I was this is probably eighty nine ninety, and I sent them like all my races like I went to like a couple carnivals, and won a race there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest with you. Like I, in my area, there's there was hardly any tracks. So like when there was a carnival, this local hobby shop would hold a race there. So I. You know, I won that in four-wheel drive. I beat your buddy Charlie Shotwell, Kirby. And uh, anyway, I would win races like that, and I sent him this real dumbass resume. It was like, yeah, I won first place in four-wheel drive at this carnival and at this racetrack here in my area. And then they shot me down, and I was so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) They obviously didn't understand uh, how big the carnival really was. (laughs) Yep. They, clearly. they did not, Jason, clearly. And um, I was very disappointed. But I stuck by them, and I bought Novak. Yeah. I kept buying them. Yeah. Anyway, that was just my little story. JR's like, what the hell? <laughs> I've heard your guys' show already. I know I know what, which way you guys go sometimes. It's cool. Ooh, a listener. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've checked all out right. all of them. You know, you've had, like, famous people on here, like Matt Mosier and stuff. <laughs> Very oh, true. Yeah. People loved him when he was on. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a hoot for sure. Yeah, we got to get Matt back on. That's great. Yeah, that was a special one. No doubt. Matter of fact, let me patch him in right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he he says he's he's working on some new equipment, so maybe oh, he'll wow. have to get on push it. I yeah, I heard he traveled to he traveled outside of Ocala to a race actually, which is a shocker last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he did an out of town race. Something must be getting serious. Yeah, there must be a national coming or something. He's doing some testing, testing that wood chassis. Um, so you, um, so when you started, when did you get picked up by Low CJR? Like the the first time when you were running after the Novak. Yeah, it was about it was about the same time, around the same time, or right there after, not too long. Um, Year-wise, they all start. I, I ask you about years sometimes about when things go, and you have a much better, uh, you know, memory of when things were. But um, I was kind of like in between because I, I actually raced for Traxxas too a long time ago. And, oh snap! Uh, when, they, when they were they were trying to have a, a race team, and uh, when they had the, I think it was the Eagle or something like that, mm. like the buggy or something. So What's that, Gotti? What's that, Jason? What truck do you have, Gotti? Don't you have a Traxxas truck? Uh, that was me. That was uh, oh, my sure. first. My first truck was the Blue Eagle. Yeah, Blue Eagle. Yeah, I had one of those. Yes. With an 18-turn motor. Whoa. And, and modified, rocking it on seven cells. Seven <laughs> oh yeah, seven cells. Home pack. Exactly. You were the bomb if you could put them all in a line and not have a pack. <laughs> and then their, their buggy was the TRX one. Yep. The team to watch. Yeah, I was right at the beginning of where they were coming out with the buggy. That was just the truck that they had, and uh, I made the switch to low seat. What was the year that you made the A main and mod truck at Winter Champs with the Traxxas? Was that like really early nineties? Yeah, I think so. I think that was like 93, something like that, 94. 
this was that the year that um that they had the associated truck with the narrow front tires yeah i think so where uh I forget who else cliff who was the other guy there's three of them and everybody's like Ooh. i can picture the magazine cover all three of them holding yeah, the trucks there yep. yeah cliff cliff butch Crowles, and curtis husting i think were the three yep they all had the three-piece wheels and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, Cliff had the orange chassis, Butch had the pink, and Curtis had the green one. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, I guess my point was, when those guys were racing the winter champs with that truck for the first time, JR was in the in the A-Main with those guys, Jay Halsey, all those guys mm-hmm. were racing, and JR was racing with them when he was a kid. So it's not a... Not his first rodeo. No. Yeah, the blue yeah, eagle. Yeah, I had a... No, you would, you'd stand on a milk crate. I had to stand on two milk crates stacked on top of each other. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, I had, <laughs> yeah. had to get up there so I could see what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good, though. You got up there where you could see what the heck you were doing, and most guys just like, I can't see back there. Right. Hey, does PW use a milk crate? <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, I know I, I'd have to. When I, I I always did, but I mean I didn't get much taller since back in the day, so I'd have to rock one too. Maybe a radio case. Yeah, I see a lot of yeah. people doing that too. Put the radio case down there and get a little extra height. <laughs> I think the the best ones I like are the uh, like they have that whole shot the track. Um, in Sanford with the wood platform. That's pretty nice. Yeah, those work out good. You know you're a short guy when you're analyzing the uh, the booster chair, <laughs> the booster thing for the driver. Right. Yeah. JR, does, JR doesn't have to worry about that. No, we just we just make sure we rock the right spot. you got to have the right spot and stand. Yeah. Yep. Crucial. So, it's funny how uh, that works. Sometimes you're one one if you off a couple spots, it can really make a difference. Yeah, yeah it's like you race you race for twenty years, but you still need to stand within three feet of what you like. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's funny how that works. That's how I am. I'm like, oh, I had to stand all the way on the left. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> next next qualifier. Yep, throw this one away. So, mm. um. You ran. Uh, you got picked up by Losi. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us about your first experience with the racing for them, and and kind of how you moved along with that with their team. Yeah, no, it worked out. Uh, it worked out really good. Um, you know, there's progression in there through through years. You know, not just months. And uh, you know, this is probably back. You know how it was back then. It wasn't like you know your talk on email and stuff. You know, you had to you had to call and talk and you know, make buddies and make friends and, you know, through that way, other than just like, here's my resume, you know, send, you know? So, yeah. Um, I, I raced for Losi for probably three or four years, probably. And then, uh, then moved over to Associated and now I'm back with TLR. So I'm kind of, in one way, back home kind of deal. Yeah. When, and that, during that first stint with the Losi, um, with Team Losi, what, um, give us some of your, you know, I know you had a lot of good results with them. 
um, and you're still very young. Um, is there anything you remember specifically racing for them that were like standout results? Well, the the, the one big one is the uh, the stock. Um, I forget what year it is again. Um, stock two wheel drive, uh, which back in those days it was you know stock was one of the biggest classes. You know you had you know tons of people around the track watching everybody else because it was all the kids you know racing each other kind of deal. And yep. um, you know I raced at Lake Park a lot, so I was I was had a fairly good grasp on how everything goes, you know, and then and then there's some kid from California like shows up with Associated and it's like, Who the hell are you? And it was Scott Hughes and <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he won and I got second. So that kinda shows you where, you know, he started and, you know, where I was and um you know, he you know, went on from there in California and kept racing and stuff and I kept racing here in Florida but um Maybe a little difference in states, you know, being it's so far away. And, um, mm-hmm. I just I just enjoy it, and that's why I keep doing it. Not so much for, uh, you know, for other reasons. Um, the I remember I remember several races, you know, when you were running for Team Losi at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, running mod- modified at the Winter Champs. I think you made the main there quite a few times with your mod two wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, where did you, the, what was the nationals in Pennsylvania? You did really well there too, right? Yeah. Um, maybe 96, maybe. Yeah, um, that's it. I remember, uh, actually mod truck again. It seems to be in everything with a truck body. I do really good in, but, um, <laughs> mod truck. I, uh, I remember Lucy came out with a tire, not specifically for that track, but it worked really well. And, um, this is before you like did all the testing, like figure out what everything, you know, I mean, you did testing, but you really didn't know what you were like come up on. And I had a set of tires that that I had just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And I, you know, they were really broken in where, you know, they worked the best on this blue groove high bite track. And, um, you know, I was still the out of control kid. I didn't really, you know, put two and two together. Um, but it was rocket round of qualifying. I put a, you know, really good run in, didn't make any mistakes. And I ended up TQing after my heat. And it was like one of the last rounds of qualifying. I think there was one round after me. And, um, this was back when Greg Hodap was there and, and Brian Kemwalt and all them. And I remember Hodap, he, he took my tires off my truck and put them on his truck and he TQ'd the race after me and TQ'd overall and I was qualified second. Wow, scammer. Yeah, he, he totally jammed me up. But those was one of the things back then where you're like, ah, whatever, you know, all good. And go to the main, Yeah. Got my, tire, got my tires back. Now everybody knew what else to do with their tires. And, you know, I think yeah. I finished like seventh or eighth or something like that. But it was a good experience, you know, racing with all those guys and stuff and racing the mains and stuff, you know, it helps you progress and, you know, get better. Um, did, uh, and Gotti and, uh, Kirby, you guys are both at that race, right? Yes, we were. It was, it was a off-road nationals in PA. So it was, we just had to go. I didn't race, but I had to go witness it. I'm like, this is probably never going to happen again. So, uh, I'll go check it out. Yeah. I race, but we won't talk about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was good, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember Pop Felicity. Uh, he actually came out for that race. And uh, he, uh, you know, he was he was chilling on the side of the track, you know, watching all the races, you know. And Lucy, you know, had a lot of kids, you know. They had, uh, like, me, Mikey Millen, um, uh, Mike Walker, I think. I think it is the name Walker. And um, he was, he was kind of like, you know, like over just like sitting like a fold out chair, you know, and I remember going down to like a thrift store or something and buying a couch. Yep. He brought back a couch and laid the couch out next to the track. So <laughs> that was pretty cool back in the day. I, I was like, where the hell did they get that couch from? Yeah. <laughs> he just went and got it and brought it back and chilled at the track with it. Yeah, that's awesome. funny. <laughs> I got one of the Team Losi hats uh, from from uh, Pops there at the yeah. race. Yeah, great guy. I mean, yeah, very, very uh, – very enjoyable person to be around. Very nice guy. Yeah, I bugged him, and uh, he came over to my pits to look at my car, make sure I had a low C car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> I got the whole uh, background check, and then uh, he's like, "Here you go. Here's a hat." And it was like <laughs> it was that exclusive hat. Like not many people had them there, you know. It was just team drivers, and it was the gray hat that said Team Low C. Yeah, I think it was embroidered, but it was like nationals or something. Yep, said nineteen. It said ninety six nats on it. Yep. I had it on our Facebook page, but I'll put it up again. But yeah, it was pretty cool. And man, I left there like I didn't care what main I was in. After I got that hat, I was like, freaking sweet. Pops Lucy came to my pits and talked to me. Yep, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Made um, the weekend. Oh, it sure did. That's awesome. Pops Lucy, Pops Lucy was so cool. He was shopping at the thrift stores before that thrift shop song was even out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Hey, funny. Uh, I'll just tie this one in because the whole the whole '96 uh, Nationals talk here. Uh, Chris Bing actually posted a question for Jr. Uh, he says, "What happened to the winter champs? I love that race." Dot dot dot. Yeah, Remember? I think um, I think it. You know, there was um. Um, gentleman named Tim O'Daffer, but and and then further along to that was Brett Ralphs that um, basically kept the winter champs going every year. Mm-hmm. And when you hold a fairly good sized race like that, like you know the next week after the race that you had, you need to start planning for the next one. And there wasn't many people after those two gentlemen that would keep it going like that. You know what I mean? Would get to like six months before they wanted to have a race and they're calling everybody up going, Hey, we're going to have this race. You know, it's not, it needs to be more, you know, thought through and everything else. And those two gentlemen, you know, really did a really good job. And there was shoot. I don't know how many years of winter champs there were, you know, through, through just those two guys alone. Um, but I think it just kind of, it just kind of fell off, you know, It's, it's hard to keep people, you know, interested in doing those kind of things and uh, that you don't really see that much more out of, you know, it's just the enjoyment of doing it. Since we asked him one question, another, uh, we had another listener submitted question, uh, Joe Ivo, friend of the show. Uh, if JR had his choice of track to hold a world championship, where would it be and why would you choose a track? <laughs> I choose Lake Park. Enough <laughs> 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 said. Uh, well, I mean, you know, 
I'm sure, you know, Kai Valeri would be like, yeah, sure. I mean, but he'd win a world championship anywhere, but West Coast is probably like for him, you know? Um, yeah, Lake Park for me would be an awesome one to see it at, but, you know, I've been to several world championships and the, and the, the experience of going and seeing the different places and meeting the different people and stuff like that, that's really enjoyable also. And, uh, you know, obviously you'd want to go and do as good as you can and have the best advantage for yourself. And Lake Park would give me that. That would be pretty dope. I'd be pretty good. Maybe with a little overcloud, you know, a little, little cloudy weekend, I'd probably be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mayfield and Cavalieri's planes don't come in, you know, that like some for some reason they can't land or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could arrange something like that. You know, Jr. In those days, kind of going back to Lake Park, you know, that's like a that was a club. You know, they had a really good club in those days. What mm-hmm. do, you, do you think it was important that you were a part of that club, and um, did you enjoy doing that when you were young and kind of being a part of that group of track people and doing some track work and all that type of stuff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, back in those tracks days and, you know, the beginning of Losey days, you know, me and my dad were the ones that, you know, would run the track in. I mean, I don't know how many laps I would have done, you know, driving the tractor and, you know, nail boarding the track and then running the track in. You know, that was that was what I did. You know, and racing was just a side thing, and I did that for I don't know how many years. You know, I, and I did that so I could race and you know put my time in, and uh, that was just one of those things that you did. And you know, I feel yeah. that you know it needs to happen more often now. It doesn't happen as much as it did back then, um, but I think it would make racing better if more people would be you know, into the, you know, not just in the club racing of showing up and racing, but, you know, putting that effort into, you know, helping out. Yeah. I mean, when I think about it, um, it does appear that what you learn out there helping is how a racetrack is supposed to go together and how the jumps are supposed to look because you drive, then you build the track, then you drive and you figure out a lot of things that I think maybe other people, don't pick up on that. Don't, don't ever do that type of thing. For sure. Then, you know, you, you know, you know how much water needs to be on it and, you know, you know, when it gets too dry or, you know, how to hit the corners and stuff like that, you know, kind of did all that stuff from driving that tractor all the time. <laughs> do you have anybody from those club days that you still like stay in touch with or anything? Um, probably not back that far. Um, um, Brett's, I'm sure Brett's still around, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. Of course I talked to Brad, but, um, yeah, like Tim and them, those guys, I haven't talked to them in a while. Maybe like John Grant probably, right? Yeah. John Grant still, he still comes out and races with us. He's still one of those hardcore guys that's been around for, for a while. Hey, JR jumping around here. Uh, yeah, we're just all over the place. Uh, how did the, uh. Uh, I guess your your newest sponsor. How did the how did the Trinity deal come about? Um, I had a chance to talk to Ernie at um at the Snowbird Nationals actually, and uh, we kind of been talking before that. And uh, my team manager, 
you know, Kevin had thrown it that Ernie was asking about me, and uh, I stopped in. And we did a little talking, and um, just decided to go that route for this year. It uh, seemed like everything was sounded good. You know, he's local here. He's in Orlando, so um, uh, everything so far is really good. I'm, I'm enjoying running his products. Everything is uh, performing well. <laughs> I think everybody has that persona, though. You know, everybody thinks it's that way. But, you know, he's been around for a long time. I've been around for a long time. You know, I know I've changed as a person in many ways. And, you know, people, you know, people can change. People can get for the better. And, uh... Yeah, everything's working out good. Yeah, clear, clearly working out good. Yeah, Ernie said, "JR, come to the dark side." <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll flash back and Kirby flashes forward. Um, so <laughs> let's let's go back. Let's go back and talk about when you moved on from Losi to Associated, and you mm-hmm. raced for them for many years. Um. I think the the first car line that you started with there was at the the B three T three platform. Yeah. Um, tell us about your time there and um, what I mean. I know you're you're on the travel team. Um, you race, you know, mm-hmm. JR races everything. He races off road. He's raced on road. Um, yeah. Tell us about the 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 trip there a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, I did. I started to to travel and. Uh, with Losey and go to a couple of different races, you know, and met a, you know, a great person to all of us, Mike Reedy, and, uh, you know, kept talking to him and, uh, you know, came to, came to a time when, uh, needed to make a switch, made a switch, went to, to Mike and, you know, he, he was like one of those people that, you know, you wanted to be associated with. He was, he was Mike Reedy, you know, you know, Mike Reedy's talking to me. Mike Reedy has my motor on his bench. You know, it was one of those, you know, awe moments. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to experience that and, uh, I did, and I'm thankful that I did. And he was great to me in every way. Uh, did a lot of things, um, probably that he didn't need to do, but did anyway. And I think I feel he did that for everybody. And, um, I had a good run with them. Everything, you know, went really well with Mike and, uh, associated was awesome. I mean, everything was, uh, really good. I enjoyed it. Got to see a lot of different places, go to a lot of different races. Um, did some touring car in there, did all sorts of stuff, stuck around for the, you know, the beginning of the eighth scale and, the, you know, running the Thunder Tiger there for a little while and, you know, through the engine development and, you know, running the Reedy engine and all that other stuff, you know, stuck around, you know, through good times and bad times, you know, that you, you needed to do. So, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I it was guess, definitely, uh, you know, a learning experience and, you know, I was grateful all at the same time. What do you think, um, what sticks out as your, what do you think your best racing that you did with your associated stuff? Um, what, what is, what do you think of when you, when you ran for them, like, is your, kind of your best moments running their cars? 
Well, I think the, I guess the best moment was probably the, I think it's the 2011 gas knots, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything, you know, everything was uh, clicking on all cylinders, you know, was in both semis, uh, was able to bump up from each semi into the main, you know, had my pit guy there, had Walter Cruz there, you know, you made that, you know, capable and which is, you know, I'm thankful for that. And, uh, without him and you, you know how me and him work when it's, you know, everything's going right. And, uh, that was one of those weekends when everything was going right and, uh, was able to get a, a sixth and a seventh, you know, at the nationals there, that was probably, you know, one of the best, um, probably accomplishments for the weekend in a whole that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we were there, and that was an awesome race. Really good finish for you. Um, right. And, it's, and it, you know, it's a little, little bit more difficult because you're, you're going into everybody else's backyard kind of deal, so you, you have that on top of it. You know, you know, I'm, I'm not racing there all the time. I don't get to go to even that style of track, which you know is nothing like we run out in Florida. Totally different and totally different yeah. dirt and everything else, so. You know, the team worked really good. The cars worked good. Richard Saxton, you know, helped out a lot and made every, made sure everybody had all their, you know, their ducks in the row and setup-wise. And just one of those things where everything has to, you know, go the right way, and they did. I think a couple of the, the highlights I think of, too, is uh, with you racing with Ryan at the Clash with your B4 and the muddy track. That was awesome. Yeah. Yes, that was. Uh, I don't know if Gotti or Kirby seen that video, but there's a video out there of Ryan and Jr. racing together, and the track's all old school with the watered track, and they're shooting rooster tails on each other. It's just super <laughs> cool to see. Hmm, I didn't see that. Yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah, I remember starting the grid with that on short course, and uh, you know Mayfield is like he's on the one, of course, and he's like in the groove, like in the center, you know. And uh, you got the fluff, you know, a good a foot away from the center of the line. You got fluff, and, you know, and I pull out into the fluff because I'm like, this is my, you know, this is what I do. You know, this is my kind of area. And uh, as soon as I did that, he's all like, whoop, turns around. And he gets in the fluff. <laughs> he makes sure he gets a good start. <laughs> yeah. Can't take anything to chance. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I've, probably did one of the best passes and, you know, racing wise on him in short course, you know, and, and I probably got a little bit more excited than I needed to, you know, cause I kind of let him get back by me, you know, I didn't go for the triple and, and, uh, you know, kind of try to do the same move on him as I did the lap before and it kind of came back and to bite me. But the, you know, the lap before that was a, one of those bump and run passes and the, yeah, it worked out good. It looked, it looked good on video too. I'll keep that. Yeah, I mean the. Off. Yeah, I mean the the amount of space you guys had between the turn and his truck. I mean, you got it. You know, we all say it all the time, throw it in there. But that's probably the. If he had to put it in a dictionary, throwing it in there, that's what it means, right? Yeah, yeah, you got to do that. You know, you almost have to. You know, when you're thinking about it, you can't think that you're racing Brian Mayfield. You know what I mean? You got to just think you're you're going for the win, whoever it is, you know, because you could yep. like Jedi mind trick yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was, 
I was honestly really amazed that he went for that triple to Patsy. Um, and maybe I, you know, I was kind of thinking that maybe he kind of almost caught you off guard because I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's kind of risky, you know, a couple laps to go and you're going for a tough jump with the short course, but I guess he's just having fun too, right? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I've raced with him and traveled with him all over the, the place and I know what type of person he is as a racer and he's always that, you know, go for it mentality. So, you know, he's that guy. <laughs> he is that guy. There's no doubt. Let's look for that video. God, he posts that video. I'm trying. I was searching here. I was trying to figure out. Uh, okay, what do I got to put in for that YouTube video, Jason? I think I think Clash 2011. There you go. Yeah, oh, and there's a if you can see at the beginning too, like uh, at the end of the straightaway. You know, I think I I did it first, and then you know, like Mayfield went after it, but you didn't even like go in the line to go around the corner. You just kind of like just threw it up against the the outside wall and the fluff and, you know, and kind of use this berm deal to get around because there was ruts everywhere because the track was all blown out. And it was a pretty cool race. I got to admit, it was, uh, it was one of the funner ones. Hmm. And it just looks neat because of the surface, too. The cars are all dirty, and um, it really just got a different look to it. It's like some moto, moto action. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're, you're searching for lines. You're not driving where you normally drive. It's pretty pretty realistic. So, um, would you say? I mean, when I look when I look at the drivers out there, I'm always looking for the guy that can kind of drive everything. Um, those are the guys that are the most sought after, or who I consider the best. Obviously, you're one of those guys that can drive everything. You know, two wheel, four wheel trucks, eight scales, on road cars. Um, what what's your favorite What's your favorite thing to race? Mm-hmm. Oh, you stole one of our questions, Jason. Go ahead. <laughs> that question was sent in by Dominic Morgan of uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, my, I mean, my class, and I, I think for a lot of the other guys, it's, it's always two-wheel mod. You know, you have, that's like one of the, the prestigious classes. Um, it's very, to go fast, it's a very difficult hard to drive and to get right and to turn the fast lap times and you know you, you seem to always want to progress yourself more and more and more in that class and you know from doing that it, it kind of you know trickles down with all your other cars but that's the car that I know that I want to go to the track all the time and, and run you know I, I I enjoy it it's fun to drive it's you know you can jump almost anything you know the, mm-hmm. the twenty the twenty two works really good and uh PLR is doing a great job on uh, everything and working with them and you know, testing stuff out and making everything better is, is it's really enjoyable to go to the track. You know, you made that um you made that switch to T L R. Um mm-hmm. how how's it been going with, you know, racing for them now? You know, back when you did before basically it was called Team Losi and now it's TLR as a division of Horizon, um, you know, what are some of the differences and what are you enjoying about that experience? Oh, it's really good. Um, I, I keep in touch with Kevin, you know, and Adam both a lot and, uh, uh, you know, trade notes back and forth, you know, just like this past weekend, you know, I wrote a whole email to, to 
Kevin, let him know, you know, how, how things went, how, you know, changes I made, what happened, you know, what they did, what was the pros, what was the cons. Uh, you know, I get an email back, you know, asking me more questions about, you know, different scenarios of, you know, stuff that I could even try when I go back there this weekend. Um, you know, those are the kind of interaction things that, you know, really make you feel feel good inside kind of thing, you know, like you're, you're, you're feeling, you're feeling the same vibe that you're putting out. You're getting the same vibe back and, um, uh-huh. it's working out really well. I'm really, I'm really happy that I made the move and, uh, um, look to, to race from for a long time from now on. Hey, JR, have you, have you always run that, uh, that paint scheme slash colors? Um, yeah, that's a funny one. Now, well, you got Jason on the phone, but we'll see. Well, I always had a question about that, but I ran Lothi back in the day. It wasn't really always exactly the same color, color scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably about, uh, 98, something like that. I started with the, the, the flames of the silver with the red. Um, but Back in the day, like the 96, 95 era, I was flames with blue. And then, you know, some other kid came along that had flames and blue. And then I kind of had to go a different route kind of deal. <laughs> and he just kind of threw some checkerboards in there or something to make it look like it wasn't exactly the same. But it was close. <laughs> now, are you having trouble with your tires? Be honest. No, I'm joking. Oh, Kirby. We're losing a little bit, Kirby. All right. I sound like a video game. Yeah, go ahead. Say it again. Uh, now, are you having issues with your tires? And be honest, Jason's not listening. Yeah, I have Jason on. Yeah, I'm have. I have Jason on mute. Are you having issues with your tires? Uh, no, I'm not having issues with my tires. Yeah. The only thing, and I think Jason, <laughs> I think Jason will concur, is that we have a, we have a a lot of options, um, eight scale and everything. It is, you know eight scale and two wheel drive now, even two wheel drive. Now I'm like, last weekend I was like, do I run a pressure point or do I run a barcode? So I was kind of like between back and forth on, you know, which one does what and which one would perform, you know, better than the other one just by that slight, you know, slight amount. Um, but that would be my only thing is, is that we do have a lot of options, but for other people, that's, mm. that's what you need. You only you only need to run the Carvers. That's it. Carvers, yeah. <laughs> the all the time. You know, only in those loomy situations. No, no, no. I heard you can run them all the time, no matter what. You can run them all the time. I need some more steering than that. So. <laughs> I heard Carver runs them no matter what. Oh, Tracy Carver. Yeah, Tracy Carver. He runs he nothing but Carvers. That's right. <laughs> I think he's on the had that made his name on the side of the tire. He'd mm. uh, <laughs> he'd run him on the rear if he could. Yeah, he could. You're right. <laughs> you know, I think to kind of elaborate a little on Jr's point about the options is tires is so much. You sometimes you're always you always feel like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, um, because you know that. It, you know, the tires dominate the car setup so bad that, um, and normally 
I think racers have that feeling where you can run a couple warm-up laps, but you never really know till you get, you know, a third way into your qualifier or your main event if you made the right decision. And sometimes just telling yourself that you made the right decision or you didn't have another option helps your helps you mentally. Sometimes if you're, you know, not sure what you're doing and you're making too many decisions, sometimes that's bad. Um, I know that's what happens to Ryan lots of times is he likes to eliminate choices because, you know, like as he would say it, I just mind F myself out there. Mm-hmm with all my, with all my choices. So, um, yeah, like you're saying, you either have to know exactly what to do, like it's your home track or you have to make a decision and kind of live with it. And that's what makes 10 scale buggy racing so tough in five or six minutes is if you got to live with something that isn't a hundred percent right for five or six minutes, that usually means you're off the pace. <laughs> you're right. Correct. And it's one of those things with a 10 scale buggy is, you know, right away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It can affect your confidence and your everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that plays into it that um, hopefully everybody gets to experience as part of it. All right. We got some uh, listener. Let's run down the listener questions quick. And uh, for JR, uh, what do you got? You said we had some on the face. You got you got Chris being covered, Joe Ivo. You got covered. Yeah. Uh, was there other ones on there that I'm missing, Kirby? Uh, I thought I thought you said there was a few that were coming through as we were on the air. But uh, anyway, I have one here. Let me pull this up. Just has a first name of Tracy. Don't know if this is this might be a lady. Hey now. <laughs> uh, most memorable race. And your favorite track? Well, I think we know what your favorite track is. We already answered that one. Yeah. Well, probably most memorable, probably for other people, is probably there's there's a race at Lake Park, obviously, again at Winter Champs. But I was running Associated, I think. And the um, the uh, the track actually, we had some crazy rain, and mm-hmm. we had to get like trucked in on flatbeds to get to the track. You couldn't even drive a car to the track, like you're actual car to the track um and i think i i think i got like a second in truck i think there uh, which uh was really good i think uh I, I don't even know who got first jason you know who got first that that year i think one of the francis's either matt or mark okay, okay. i remember Just, seeing photos in car action i believe of the yeah, flatbed yeah my i had a full like Two page, I think, where my truck was just going down the straightaway, and it took up two pages. It was pretty cool, and that was back on the flame and uh, blue days, before somebody else. But I know. What year was this about? You think? What year? Uh, Jason, you know. Um, I th- I think that was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah. I wonder if that was the year being TQ'd four wheel mod. Hmm. And Barry, I think the one year I remember because. We Bing was living with us still down at Trinity, and he TQ'd it, but I think Barry Baker won. But, yeah, I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah? That might have been the year? Yeah, that sounds right. I see Chris Bing is on Facebook. I see him racing again. Yeah. Yeah, we actually ran... Yeah, we ran in... What's that? 
I think he's got like a little son or something like that now. I, so. He has two or three. I'm not certain. Sorry, yeah. Chris. Cool. But yeah, two or three. And uh, we met him up at Motorama. It's kind of like a little little class reunion for us, catching up on old times. But right yeah, he's he's back in it for for a while there. He was running. Uh, he's he was running his double X. Really? From back in the day, yeah. Wow. The one, uh, the one rural race in Maryland. He, uh, I want to say, he qualified second with it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Wow. Seeing the old shock tower that with, you know, with the bridge on the top with Team Lowe, like, like the graphite stamped on the arms and stuff. Right, right. It's like, yeah, throwback. Good days, good days. Oh yeah. So we we know what your track, your favorite track was in those days. What would you say your favorite track is now? Um, well, I got to experience, you know, um, West Coast last year, and you know, if I that track was really close to me, that would be that would be awesome. Um, Whole Shot Raceway, which is in Orlando and Stanford, I mean, that that they just did some upgrades and made it a little bit bigger, and you know, that's that's really good to have close to us. Um, it's a really good track. Chris is doing a great job there, and. Um, Probably, you know, the West Coast with, you know, having all of the, you know, the factories close by and, you know, what racers show up for, you know, club races and stuff like that. And just racing that race for the Nationals, you know, was a little bit of a, you know, reality check kind of thing. You're like, wow, look at, you know, look how, you know, all these, how these guys do it, you know, week in and week out, you know. It's it's pretty nice to have that. What would you, what would you attribute I mean, we have so many indoor tracks now in Florida where was, you know, in the older days, we didn't have any. What do you think is the reason for that? Well, I, I know, you know, as you know from here, like the, the electric scene has, you know, gotten, gotten a lot better. And, you know, there's a lot of racers that run electric and short course and, you know, all that. I think that it's just doing the, the RC hobby is doing a, a swing of, you know, that kind of thing. I know, like, a year ago, it was, you know, eight-scale buggy was, you know, the class. You know, nobody really raced electric as much, and, you know, that's kind of fell off, and now everybody's to 10-scale, and, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it, it'll just do another rotation around, and eight-scale will be really big, and maybe electric will, you know, fall off a little bit, but um, electric is looking really strong here in Florida. I mean, Club races now are over 100 entries. Do you think? Um, do you think the nitro will ever make a full return to maybe where it was a few years ago? Uh, I would like to say yeah, but it's it's really hard to have the dedication and clubs and you know track owners and stuff like that to have a track outdoor and put the effort in, you know, and then you know have people show up or not show up or not know if what you're doing is putting in an effort, you know, the indoor tracks, you know, you're putting in the effort and you're having, you know, guaranteed races and, you know, you, you know that the weather's not going to affect you. You know, the surface is always going to be prepared. Um, you know, with outdoor tracks and eight scale, it's really hard. I, you know, Mills Pond is maybe, you know, right now the only track that you can probably go there and know that they're, you know, working on the track where you could go race. Um, 
it's just it's just really hard right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, we went, uh, you know, I haven't been to very many on-road races in the past several years, and we were down at the on-road nationals, and it was amazing to see the mod touring cars with the in the brushless power and the lipo. Um, have you ever considered running any on-road again, or are you kind of done with it for a while? Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm kind of stuck. If I, the one thing I did notice is if you, if you're you're doing um, that far of a a swap, if you're you know racing off road and you got the timing and the you know and the you know feeling the throttle and everything else out of corners and stuff, and then you go race touring car and you're like you know freaking punch daddy, and then you try to go back and race two wheel drive, you know, kind of can kind of can throw things a wrench in things sometimes, but. Um, mm-hmm it's still fun to to do and I'm sure the option you know could be out there maybe knowing the worlds are coming up <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and they're right around the corner which is kind of cool and, it, and it's in your territory right yeah for sure you never know got that trainee horsepower have you ran I, I've seen some of the new low seat releases I saw you guys posting some things on Facebook um, with the low frequency uh, springs on the buggy. Have you tried those yet? Yeah, actually, I got a, a test sample of them uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I've been running them ever since. They're uh, they're really good. They're um, you know everybody was on the the Kyo show spring kick there for a little while, and um, these are you know just as good springs. They they feel the same. Your car lands better. Um, they seem to be more controllable. I mean, it, it seems like a spring for some reason, you know, it's just like a tire. It seems to make a really big difference in the car. And if you don't have the spring quite right, it, it could, you know, screw up a lot of things. Um, and just going from testing back and forth from Kyosho to the new springs, um, really couldn't tell a difference in any of the fields. You know, everything performed as in, like I had Kyosho springs on my car. So, I've uh, been running them since then, and it's uh, working well. The um, you know what a lot of guys are were kind of realizing is um, you know with the big bore shocks on all the ten scale cars now before that you know it took probably team associated the longest to have a big bore shock, but I think during their testing they realized that the spring is almost making just as much or more of a difference than just the shock being big or and a bigger piston and everything, they were almost finding more results out of changing to different types and sizes of springs. Is that kind of what you you're kind of feeling then the same type of thing then? Oh yeah, I mean you can you can feel a big difference if you don't have the right spring on your car. Um, it makes a big difference in you know acceleration. You know, and, and nowadays landing off of a jump or taking off of a jump, you know, it's a it's a big deal. You you lose, you know, tenths of a second if it's not done right. Is hey, there Jay, anything uh, else here? Go ahead. Go ahead, Kirby. Uh I was just just wanted to see what what do you got? Uh what's what's on the calendar for uh O thirteen for JR this year? Uh well in the next couple of weeks we have the short court showdown that comes to uh whole shot raceway here in uh, Orlando, Florida. So I'm going to be doing that in uh, four-wheel drive short course and two-wheel drive short course. Um, 
then I guess it's the Nationals, I think, Jay, isn't it? The, na- the next one is uh, back out to California? Yeah, for the 10-scale the Nationals is in August. Yeah, and that's the next one and that I'll be traveling to. So that's, you know, that'll be at the World's Track, at, at uh, A-Main's Track at Silver Dollar. Yep, and then uh, yeah. I'll be back there for the Worlds. So I think the push right now is just to, you know, run as much uh, two-wheel, uh, you know, track time for the electric 10-scale side and, uh, you know, try to see uh, how we can do it at the Worlds. I've I've asked JR this before, but do you, do you know how... Uh, how many like regional titles you have in Florida? Do you have any idea? Mm. I, yeah, I have no idea. I know, I know you know all of yours and probably the the dates and everything else. But um, I, I just probably after like fifteen or so, I just like stopped losing count and just uh. kept uh, <laughs> you know kept going, just just kept going to races and enjoying them. You know, a lot of people like yeah. to do that. They like to keep up with what they're. You know, I just want to go to the track and race. You know, I just want to go to the track and run my car and, you know, see what happens. I, you know, I think that's still a pretty good lesson, though, in a way, because you're you're living in the present, not in the past. You know, it's, oh, it's not yeah, about sure. what have I what have I done before. It's all about what I'm doing right now. And, you know, I think, you know, counting all that stuff or, you know, trying to pat yourself on the back is nice, but if that the race you're running right now, if you don't do well at that one, it probably hurts more than than anything. So I think it's that's probably a good mindset, you know, to stay in, you know, kind of staying in the moment. Yeah, and I, I mean, and it, it seems to I seem to try to find myself trying to progress further and further each time. Like I didn't have, I made a couple bad decisions, you know, trying stuff out at the the last just club race, and uh, you know, I didn't have a finish that I would want to have, you know. And now I'm like, you know, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that next time. I can't wait to get back to, you know, it's put, kind of puts a fire under your end, you know, like you, you, even after all these years, I'm still like wanting to, you know, make those right decisions, be in that right mindset. And, you know, those are the ways that you, you progress at a higher level, I guess you could say. And you know, make sure that you always make those right decisions and, you know, you can only do that from practice. And I seem to find myself still doing those even after, you know, 20 some odd years. I saw a picture yeah. of you recently. I don't believe it might have been, uh, maybe Jason posted it. I don't know. It was on Facebook where you were helping a, uh, a young racer out with his car mm-hmm. after the races. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. I mean, and, stay after hours after the track and probably close down even helping somebody rebuild their car. Yeah. Uh, Lance McDonald, he holds, uh, he puts on a lot of races and when, uh, actually that night he cooks out for everybody. Uh, and that was the, the day before the, uh, the, uh, the actual races the next morning. So he was cooking out and doing all the other stuff and painting to the sun. And he, he can't, he was having a hard time putting his truck back together. So, um, you know, I busted out my toolbox again and, you know, help him put his truck back together while, you know, everybody's waiting to, to eat. And, you know, some of these races now, it seems like, you know, we do, we do a lot after hours or, you know, the day before and everybody gets together and talks and, you know, like he cooks and, 
you know, everybody has a beer or two, you know, just like hangs out. And uh, it's a it's a very enjoyable atmosphere. Sounds like the racing I want to do. Hmm. Exactly. And, I think that's why people probably come out and hang out and, you know, have a good time because it is enjoyable. I think the other thing that, you know, kind of that strikes me when I see pictures of, you know, you helping other people is the other thing I think sometimes people want, you know, I want to set up advice or I want a J.R. Mitch set up on my car. But I think the, the thing that I think of is people need to think about the questions they're asking sometimes because there's so much of it that I think could be learned you know, in a short amount of time by just asking people driving questions and just general things about being experienced that I think sometimes people maybe don't think about, but somebody that's been racing as long as JR and, you know, they know about tracks and conditions and driving and styles. And I think those are the kinds of questions that I think I would want to ask JR um, that I think, um, that's really nice to have guys like that around that you can ask those sorts of things to. And, um, you know, maybe those are sometimes overlooked by some people that thinks it's all about setup or my, or something like that. You know, I think that you can get just as much by just picking somebody's brain about their experience and their driving. Yeah. I was trying to actually, uh, talk to Peyton about that, you know, as I was helping him with his truck and, you know, watching him race he's he's so he's so into it and wants to go so fast that you know he'll make a mistake and crash and you know marshal you know every so many laps and i try to explain to him you know when you do that you know if you if you knock yourself down a notch and just you know make sure that you you don't wreck or you you know you're not going quite as fast into that corner you know those are the those are the things that'll you know, will progress and make you better than to just go out and blaze the world. Cause that's what I did. I went out and tried to blaze the world and, you know, I was all about pitching it sideways and, you know, doing all that stuff. But it took me too long to realize that that wasn't fast, you know? Um, but, um, and then he's, you know, qualifying stuff, getting better each time. So I think those are the things that people need to realize, you know, you're going to lose two or three seconds by wrecking and you're going to lose, you know, maybe a tenth or two by, you know, backing down back to a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many races I've been to where we have an advantage now to watch live RC either on our phone or on a computer. And, you know, I'll be watching an A qualifier at, you know, a Cactus Classic. And um, what you realize watching the computer versus being on the driver's stand is even if your first couple laps aren't, 100% the fastest lap or on point, you can come out, you know, sixth place, seventh place on the first couple laps. But as long as you continue to keep that average or improve slightly, you're going to climb up the charts so fast by the end of the race. And it's every race I go to, I see this in the A qualifier is, you know, I use Ryan as an example because you're, you know, where I was watching him, but, you know, he might come out first couple laps, he's in seventh on the clock, and most people look at it and they're just like, oh, they're off the pace. But you're like, well, look, this is a five or a six minute race, and 
these guys haven't hit their stride yet. And you, you, you just got to hang in there and not make big mistakes and then get in a rhythm, get in the zone. You throw down two and a half really good minutes to go with your good start. And pretty soon you're the contender. And, um, you know, that's what I noticed about watching all those lap times now. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying is, you know, it doesn't matter if you're leading on the first lap in the qualifier. What matters is if you're leading on the last lap, right? Correct. So yeah. I guess the other way to say it, it's not the, I think Kurt Winger said this at the Nitro race. He's like, you got to remember that it's not the guy that turns the fastest lap. It's who averages the fastest lap. So, yep. Science. That's some, um, Jason, that's some of your wisdom there. That's the uh, Mr. Miyagi wisdom there, huh? <laughs> that's all I got. I blew out after that. <laughs> what are you doing, Kirby? I was doing the Mr. Miyagi, you know, how you I heat picked... your hands up. Right. And you... <sighs> <laughs> Sweep, Sweep the, the leg. leg. <laughs> <laughs> we said at the same time. That's funny. Jinx. Every time I see a picture with you and Berkowitz, I think that every time, Rona. Sweep the leg. Yep. Good stuff. So, All right, where were you, Jason? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask JR a little bit about his Trinity power um, for the guys listening. What are you running motor and, ba- motor and battery-wise in the in the 22? And, like, what turn? And, you know, give us the rundown. Yeah, the, uh, the 22, I, I'm going back and forth from battery. There's a... There's a 90C shorty that I'm running, titanium battery. Um, and then a lot of these other tracks that the traction is not quite up to par. Um, I seem to be going to a longer battery. It's like a Sting battery. Um, it's a 90C also, but it's a, it's a standard length battery. It's a little bit more weight, um, which helps the car uh, get planted a little bit better. Um, and then it's a, a D3.5, uh, nine and a half turn, um, with a 13, uh, millimeter rotor. So, uh, trying to get a little bit more torque, not as much RPM with the rotor. And, uh, it's very, uh, very linear, very, uh, very controllable, but yet still has the, uh, let's say the right speed for the straightaway because uh-huh. not always the fastest motor down the straightaway is the the best one as Jason knows it's the right motor yep I mean I've seen JR's car run guys that and if anybody hasn't I mean he's got a 9.5 in that thing and it's still extremely fast so the Trinity stuff is definitely quick yeah and, and it, it's smoothed out a lot with the changing of the rotor um you know with the, the little bit bigger rotor is uh you know it's helping um me uh for jumping and you know landing and you know um getting to the getting to the jumps where you have to like uh you know break up the face of them and stuff like that it it all seems to be the the right feel i guess you can say mm-hmm. what do you think um you know where you're running locally what's your what do you prefer tire wise you know we know you're here talking about whole shot we got a lot of people that do race there locally what mm-hmm. do you like running up there um, well, the barcode up front, the green barcode up front seems to be the best with the, the molded insert, uh, the J-Concepts molded insert up front. Um, going from the, 
you know, the white insert, like the three-quarter one that we always put in, the three-quarter rear that we put in front in, to the molded insert. For me, it's just a little bit of a smoother steering with the molded insert, um, easier to drive through traffic and uh, get in and out where you need to, to be on a, on a smoother level. Um, that's for the front. And then for the rear, um, actually, it's been a goose or a pressure point, a green pressure point with a dash two uh, rear insert has been the best and uh, seems to be, you know, last last time they put some glue down last time, last weekend, and I, I think they're going to put some more down this week, but didn't quite seem like it had all of the traction there. It still had some bite, but it wasn't. You know, your tires weren't coming off like shredded. They were coming in, you know, worn in, which means they weren't, you know, gripping like a high, high bite track, but they were still gripping. Um, they seemed to be the best on my car for that weekend. But a barcode is right Barcode is right there uh, also. Trying to get away from the tire sauce epidemic. You know, everybody tries to, you know, what tire sauce of the week and everything else, you know, and, it's so inconsistent and, you know, did they blow the track off? Did they not blow the track off? It's much better to find something that works that you don't have to do that to. And, you know, it's going to stay a lot more consistent throughout the run and everything else. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I try to use that as a last resort, but Correct. I don't feel it's a, I don't feel it's a magic wand or an easy button. I always see it as a last resort. Well, you know, I'm getting my ass kicked by somebody, so I might as well use their tire traction. Um, but I, you know, I think I, I try not to use it just because I'd prefer not to. You know, it's just another, like you said, it's another inconsistent variable, and not to mention the stuff is usually really naughty in terms of, um, you know, it's very potent. It always smells, so mm-hmm. all that type. Jason, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, we had a little drop out there, but everything was fine, the audio, but I just heard somebody drop out. Making sure JR is there, too? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, okay, cool. Oh, I think I that was a... Kirby. Yeah, I think that was Kirby. Okay, go ahead, Jason. I got another question for, for JR. The, um, um, when you're driving, you know, say we're, you're running off-road and 10-scale, um, do you have any input on, you know, somebody that's trying to, to get better at this that, you know, some, some pointers you could give people. And, you know, I consider you very good with the brakes and, you know, when you're driving and anything that you can kind of relay to people that are trying to get better. Uh, yeah, well, like probably like one of the biggest things like you do say with brake is to, to get the brakes where they're, um, well, your brake slash your, your diff tightness. Okay. Um, you know, you can have your diff really loose and your brakes really hard, and then you get to a point where it, like, snap turns on you, you know, when you hit the brake and you get into where it transfers all the weight, and then you're, like, almost three-wheeling. Um, you know, that's almost in every instance that's not a good thing. That's something you don't want to have, you know, unless you're running in, like, Denver or something like that where it's, it's really, really small. But you want to have the right amount where you're not sliding the tire and you're not three wheel motioning all at the same time. You're kind of, you're right on that, that edge. Um, 
but you don't want to have, you know, obviously you don't want to have the tires lock up, you know, and I think you've seen me a couple of times, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that'll change per, you know, the track conditions also, you know, what you ran, you know, at two o'clock might not be the same as what it is when you run the main at six o'clock. Right. Uh, and you know, you, you just do a, you know, just a straightaway test and hit the brakes and, you know, if it's locking up, you know, too quickly or something, you know, you just turn your ETA down a little bit and, uh, you know, get back in the, the that right uh, area. Yeah, I mean, I think you just said kind of a key thing, which goes back to experiences. Um, you know, you've, you're looking at the time of day you're running, which I think, you know, very few people look at and understand that that is a big factor, you know, in the track conditions sometimes and the amount of traction you you may have in acceleration and, you know, and under braking. So, you know, I think that's, like you brought up, is a very big point that um, just because you, you nailed it earlier in the day with a setting doesn't mean that you can't make a small adjustment looking towards the, you know, a main event or an important qualifier. Right. Yeah, and like and and like a main, you want to always make sure you you do like a like a launch from whatever position you're in because you don't know, you know, are you going to be able to give it three quarters of throttle when you leave, or you know, half throttle or full throttle because you can go like full throttle and not realize that you know the track has buku bite and you know you either get squirrely or you, you you do a huge wheelie or something and. You know, you lose two positions before you get to the first corner, which you know you work so hard in qualifying to to get those two positions. So, you know, those little things you know mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'd like to get um, Kirby's input on when he raced on in oval because I've never raced oval. How do you start off an oval race? Unfortunately, Jason Kirby dropped out, and we cannot get him back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, anyway, that was kind of the direction. I'm always amazed when we, when you do run the mains, mm-hmm. I guess, how easy you can actually come off the line. I get, you know, I think everybody has a fear when you're racing that you're going to like spin out or look like an idiot at the start of a race. But I think I'm always amazed when I leave the starting line, like how slow you can leave it sometimes. And nobody's really jumping ahead of you. Right. Like another thing that that I do, that I know I do, and I, I think I've, you know, got it from like a Scott Hughes or, you know, Brian Kemmel, you know, watching them back in the day is that, um, say, you know, your, your car, you're starting one or two for the main or, or five or whatever. And that, that makes you look, you know, from center to right of the track from where you are in the driver's stand. And you're only really focused on that before the main does start. And I seem to find myself always before the main does start that I'm looking left to make sure like coming onto the straightaway or whatever is on the left side of the track, that nothing is obstructing my view or nothing is there to to bother my view. Um, Right. Just another added thing you know, that everybody's like, why are you looking down there? It's like, well, you know, you're going to be driving down there to just realize that, you know, there could be a radio stuck in front of your face or, you know, 
there could be a term marshal not where they're supposed to be or standing in the middle of a corner. However, you have to compensate for that. But to, to you know, basically, you know, look at that before the main starts uh, is another key thing, I think, and I do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think basically there's a ton of intangibles that I think people do that have experience that they do it almost second nature, which is it's almost like a little mental checklist of, okay, I can see no term marshals in my way. What happens here? Am I behind the pole? You know, like there's, I guess there's a little mental checklist after so many years that you kind of go through and uh, it really helps. It does. It does. I've found myself several times when I'm, I'm looking to my left or my right or whichever way that I'm not going and, you know, I'm looking at a, you know, at M11, you know, radio yeah. wrap or something, you know. Yeah, somebody's blocking the most critical part of the track, and that's not going to work, right? Right, yeah. Or somebody's on a, you know, a radio case that doesn't need to be in a radio case, and their radio's right in your, your, your line of sight. Hmm. That would be me. I always had a habit of doing that. <laughs> that was probably... Uh, Gotti's strategy, putting his radio in front of someone's face. Yeah, I had to do that. I used to swing my antenna around a lot. Yeah. What was that main now, you won? The, the P main that you got the trophy for? Uh, yep, the 19, uh, the Speedworks race at Megatrack. Uh, I was in the P main. First place I took in the P main. Nice. Thank you. I still have a uh, a trophy from the 88 winter champs in I-Main and four-wheel drive. Ooh, <laughs> I-Main. Four-wheel drive back in the day in 88. Nice. You don't even want to know my mental image of you racing, what it looks like. After all these conversations and the, the P-Mains, I, I got like this, uh, I got this visual of, of you driving. It's just not really good. Oh, well, it wasn't that bad. Believe me, it wasn't. I wasn't a have slapper. You, have, have you ever seen the when uh, Punky Brewster was racing on TV? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, listen, I wasn't that bad. I, at Roadrunner Raceway here in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, for you <laughs> listeners that know where that was at, I uh, raced 12-scale oval there, carpet, and... Uh, I was pushing Jake Fleur and Brian Burkhardt at the time. I finished third plenty of times racing those guys. So it wasn't that bad. Maybe we, maybe we can get Jason to make a, a Dio tracker body. <laughs> get get that thing painted up, Brian Kimmel paint, paint scheme. <laughs> yeah. That would look pretty sick. Yeah, it would. That'd be a nice <laughs> gift for my birthday in September, Jason. That would be a cover photo yeah. for sure. We do have uh, GM licensing, so maybe we could get a, a, a an officially licensed tracker. Look at that. I want some royalties on that one. Easy. Do you have anything else for uh, JR there, Jason? Um, we kept him on the phone quite a long, you know, quite a while here. I don't know if he has plans or. I just gotta start building that uh, that uh, 3.0 I got in the mail the other day. So. Ooh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm gonna try to get out there and. Uh, we can do some gas racing here. Well, nice. I I think that was about all the questions I had at the moment. I mean, I could go on for another hour, but we'll have to get we'll have to get Jr. back on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, just let me know when, and I'll uh, we'll make it happen. 
Gotta throw a little bit of karma out there. Yep. We're usually I'm good thinking, luck. I'm thinking JR at that short course showdown. I think that could be a, a karma event. Yeah, we can make it happen for sure. You know, I don't think I ever met you, JR. So, I, you ever go to the Chicago hobby shows back in the day? No. I hang out with you? No? No. Go to those parties, you mean, back in the day? Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were so many people there. I'm not quite sure who I hung out with, but uh, I know it was. We we were there, and uh, man, those parties were epic. And yeah, uh, I've heard stories. Yeah. Well, we'll just keep it at that. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, we'll get uh, cool. Jason. Let's let's uh, get together and we'll do a short course one for the showdown. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Jr. We wish you the best of luck with everything coming up. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Um. Yeah. No problem. And we'll have you back on again soon. All right. Cool. I'll talk to you later. Sooner than later. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. No thanks, problem. Jr. No problem, Jason.